the aspect of growing as a mentor. The more you mentor, the more experienced you become. Uh, you learn from things that didn't work, and you know what things that worked. So you're able to be more effective further down the line. The more that you engage with innovators. Welcome to the Vilgro Kenya podcast, where we share and have in-depth discussions on impact investing, supporting innovative social enterprises, and our work within the ecosystem. We feature innovators, entrepreneurs, and industry experts to guide you in your journey of social entrepreneurship. In this episode, we host Mrs. Philippa Makobore, an electrical engineer who is currently the department head of the Instrumentation Division at the Uganda Industrial Research Institute. In 2017, she was awarded an Innovation Prize for Africa for the Electronically Controlled Gravity Feed Infusion Set, which is designed to accurately administer intravenous fluids and drugs by controlling the rate of fluid flow based on feedback from a drop sensor. Philippa is passionate about technology transfer and has mentored Vilgro Kenya portfolio companies Matibabu and Mamaope. She shares her experience in mentoring innovative medtech startups and the mentorship landscape in East Africa with Vilgro Kenya co-founders Rob Bayer and Wilfred Njaki. Good afternoon, Philippa. Thank you for taking the time to join us on this podcast. We're glad that you can be here with us. Thank you for having me. Um, it's such an honor to be on your podcast today. Thank you. And we'll turn it over to Wilfred to ask some questions. So thank you so much, uh, Philippa, uh, for agreeing to join us on this podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking more about your journey as a mentor. And maybe to start us off, you can tell us a bit more about your journey, first of all, as an inventor in Uganda. My training is in electrical engineering, and I also have a master's in biomedical engineering. And I came back home after my first degree. And I think it was not really apparent that I would be in the healthcare sector, developing medical devices. I first actually started in a telecommunications company, MTN, where um, I worked in several departments and focused mostly on the network department, but I didn't really find it challenging because there was no design work. We were basically maintaining an already existing network. So I left MTN and found Uganda Industrial Research Institute, and they were looking for someone who had skills such as mine in uh, small power electronics and instrumentation. And from there, I was able to uh, nurture and set up the instrumentation division, which is um, what we have right now at Uganda Industrial Research Institute. So I think the moment that really uh, started to I would say nurture the creative and innovative side was when we went into the hospitals to assess the situation with diagnostic, therapeutic equipment, and in general, just um, what infrastructure was there for clinicians to effectively do their work. And this was such an eye-opener because there's such a dearth in terms of appropriate and affordable equipment in hospitals in Uganda and other similar sub-Saharan African countries. And we felt that this was an area where we could actually contribute quite a bit, especially with our engineering expertise. So I think that is more or less my journey leading up to when we started working on innovations and starting to create 
tailor-made solutions to some of the challenges in our healthcare sector. So it looks like you found a gap that needed to be solved and you took took up an, upon yourself to, to come up with a solution. And uh, while doing that, what are some of the challenges you faced uh, while coming up with med devices in Uganda, being a nascent uh, ecosystem? Wow, that's really a loaded question because we've had so many challenges along the way. I think the biggest one is the fact that it's more or less um, a new uh, area in Uganda. We, we lack appropriate mentorship. So most of the biomedical engineers or electrical or mechanical engineers that are innovating in the healthcare space are probably the ones, I would say, starting it off. So we lack uh, that senior kind of uh, mentorship role from, from others. However, that gap has more or less been filled by a lot of our international collaborators, which has been extremely helpful, um, especially working on collaborative grants, uh, just learning you know, certain ways to navigate specific challenges. And I think uh, I would say the second one would be funding. Access to funding is, is a very big challenge throughout our continent, but specifically in the biomedical engineering space because it's, a, it's very competitive and the number of places that you can apply to are quite few. So you find yourself um, in very competitive calls. People from all, all continents are applying for the same grant. So obviously you have to make sure that you really stand out that was quite a process and it did take us a couple of years before we were actually successful. Once we were successful, it was a bit easier to get the subsequent grants. I'd say the third thing would be the lack of equipment to do our work. So obviously we have to import a lot of our heavy machinery, things to do with fabrication, like 3D printers, um, CNC machines, anything to do with production of printed circuit boards, all that has to be imported. And then we also have the challenge with consumables. We need to have a steady supply chains to support a lot of our R&D work. And some of it needs to be procured on the fly. So it can get a bit challenging. But we've, we've worked through some of these issues and we have some framework contracts with some of the suppliers so we're able to get equipment fairly quickly. So we've tried to navigate some of these challenges and work around them as best as we can. And uh, you being more of a trailblazer, were there uh, people like mentors you would look up to? Are there even enough mentors uh, in, in such a new ecosystem? And did they offer you the right guidance as you took those inventive steps? Definitely, there are a lot of mentors that I had, most of them from abroad, professors in biomedical engineering, and a lot of our collaborators have been very uh, instrumental in ensuring that uh, we are on the right track. Uh, they've offered services to peer review a lot of our papers, review our technical documents and sometimes make suggestions on how to further improve our work. So I think that has been extremely beneficial. And also working collaboratively on grants, I think has further kind of streamlined that process and also helped us in terms of, of how to properly manage um, a project, especially a medical device project, which can be quite complicated and extremely long they've really helped us see 
a clear path as to how we can, you know, start from idea to concept, prototyping, and at least trying to map out a pathway to commercialization and making sure that we adhere to the relevant uh, regulatory authorities, especially the standards that govern medical devices, which I think has been very valuable for, for us. So yes, I've had mentors, but however, most of those mentors have come from abroad. You know, Philippa, we're, we're wondering, were there areas, it sounds like you had a lot of people in your life that did guide you in your career and, and those devices you were working on. But when you look back, were there areas where you think you could have benefited more from mentorship or, or some technical guidance? Definitely. Um, I think we were a bit limited in terms of the skills that we had, so the skill set of the team, because there were only a few members who could um, work on certain aspects of the project, for example, hardware or firmware design, we were a bit limited there. So I think it, in, in the past, I think it would have been extremely helpful if we could have intensive trainings on very specific topics so as to advance those skills, because it's not possible for just, let's say, one or two people to, you know, continue to do the bulk of the work and, you know, the rest are, are working on, on other, other aspects. So definitely, I think specific targeted training that would be directly applied to the projects that we're working on. I think that's definitely a gap and we could have benefited a lot more. However, um, a lot of the team members now are actually doing postgraduate studies. Um, so we also have one of our members who's doing a PhD in, in biomechanics, and she's looking at designing an upper limb prosthesis, uh, which is definitely a huge gap in sub-Saharan Africa and also other low resource settings. So right now there are a lot of efforts and I think that gap is more or less being filled, especially with the new training opportunities. So it's definitely in the right direction, uh, but definitely in the past, that was a very big challenge. How has your journey been as you mentor new and upcoming biomedical innovators? I think the journey has been very interesting. And for me, I'm thrilled that there's so many potential innovators and they're working really hard at trying to you know, grow this industry. Um, however, I, I still feel, yes, there they are a few challenges, but I'm very thrilled at the enthusiasm and a lot of the proactive innovators that are out there. So it's, very, it's a very promising area. And I just, my hope is that it can be further adopted at a much higher level at the government level, because essentially that's what's going to determine the success of most of these efforts. We really need the government on board such that, you know, it's, it supports framework policies that more or less create an enabling environment for this kind of an ecosystem. And specifically, um, the actual mentorship I've done, I think it has helped me, it has helped me grow in a way that you learn from from newer innovators some of the you know hardships that they face and then on top of that imparting your experiences i think for me it's very refreshing to share the challenges that i have faced so that people don't have to go through the same process 
So comparing notes, seeing what works and what doesn't work, I think has been very beneficial, I think, for both the mentor and the mentee. We at Vilgro can definitely affirm what you said about Ugandan medical uh, uh, innovators. It, we have seen tremendous amounts of applications coming. There seems to be something going on there. Uh, there's, there, there's a movement where there's quality applications, quality pitches, and quality ideas. And so you're onto something there in Uganda. That's great. Um, what opportunities does mentorship open for both the mentor and the mentee? In terms of opportunities, maybe I'll start with the mentee. I think there they're able to write, I think, more compelling funding proposals with you know, effective mentorship and guidance and review of, of, of uh, materials that they're putting together, ensuring that they're able to meet the competitive standards of uh, what most funding bodies require. So I think that's definitely beneficial for them. And then also guidance in terms of how to navigate the challenges with skills gaps, uh, because it's not necessary for the entire team to have all the requisite skills that they have. This can be leveraged from elsewhere. So just trying to evaluate what needs to be leveraged and what needs to be built in-house. So mm -hmm. that I think could be very helpful for them. Um, for the mentor, as I'd mentioned, uh, there's a lot that uh, we can learn from the mentees in terms of, you know, what their, you know, their experience, because every company is different. Every innovator has a different approach with which they do things. So it, it, can, it can be insightful uh, to the mentor. And also there's the aspect of growing as a mentor. The more you mentor, the more experienced you become. Uh, you learn from things that didn't work and, you know, what things that worked. So you're able to be more effective further down the line the more that you engage with innovators. Those are great insights. What would you say, Philippa, that um, knowing what you know now as a mentor and a mentee at some point, what specific advice would you give to the mentees to get the best out of that relationship? Number one, um, really understand um, whatever device or process or service you're trying to develop. You have to have a very clear understanding of who your beneficiaries are. You have to also do extensive research on the market and whether this is something that would actually be scalable. Because I think we, ha we have a lot of projects right now that are still at the prototyping stage. A few have reached uh, initial clinical pilots, but I feel that the business aspects are quite lacking. And this needs to be started right at the beginning together with the technical work. And they have to more or less work in parallel and be developed as they go along. Because from what I've seen, even from my experience, we seem to look at the business aspects a little bit too late when so much has already been done. So I think that would be my first piece of advice. My, my second piece of advice would be for them to evaluate whether they should focus on the R&D later on in, in their 
journey as a startup company, or they need to outsource that or think of a mechanism with which they can just focus on the marketing, distribution, um, things to do with, uh, you know, post-market issues such as maintenance, you know, support for that particular element. They need to really evaluate whether they need to continually, conti continuously invest heavily in R&D because I think it, it does start getting very expensive further down the line. And when you look at all the challenges that we're facing, as much as it's important to grow this particular industry, we still have complications to do with the supply chain, um, infrastructure within the country. Then there are also aspects to do with training of uh, the personnel who would be working in such an industry. So it's a it's a growing process, but this the rate and uh, the stages that the innovators are going through might be a bit faster than the industry growth, and that can be an impediment later on. So they really need to seriously evaluate that. The third one is more or less um, a communication skill. They need to be the ones to reach out to uh, the mentors, they need to understand the mentee-mentor relationship and make the most out of it and utilize all the varied expertise that is available to them and go a step further and even seek other mentors outside of that bracket. So just being a go-getter and ensuring that you're doing your best to to really seek the specific guidance that you really need. So I'd say those would be my top three pieces of advice to um, potential innovators and startup companies. That's great. So what I've heard largely too is that really for the innovators to be proactive in that relationship. Don't wait for the mentors to sort of be the ones to push you that you as an innovator, take the initiative and and push the mentor to be as involved as they're willing to be in your enterprise or your innovation. Um, it's interesting too that that's where a Vilgro comes in. Where you spoke earlier about the business model, um, not every team has all the skill sets needed to take a, a device to market, and and that's where partners like Vilgro come in to uh, provide not only capital but provide some of that technical assistance that can help craft a business model um, that then can come alongside and augment the technical skills that the team is working on for that particular device and innovation. So thank you. And thank you. as a parting shot for uh, a food for thought, uh, Philippa, uh, just something to, to close this. Uh, I wanted to hear your thinking around now that you are the one who has gone the farthest in that journey in Uganda, uh, uh, our mentees, our incubators look up to you. It looks like as you move now to manufacturability, entering the market, uh, uh, do, do we need other set of mentors who have gone uh, maybe ahead of you? And where do we get them? Because uh, if you look at India, they are like two decades ahead of where Uganda, Kenya is. So where do we source now for those who can take us to that, that next level uh, beyond where you have reached? Yes, that's a great question. Actually, I have a lot of contacts of uh, 
people in the, the states, the United States, especially in the Boston, Massachusetts area, because I think that's where medical device, devices are just thriving. Um, so I have a lot of contacts of people there, um, as well as some international collaborators who are in academia, uh, specifically in Italy and Spain. We've been working on an EU-funded project to kind of explore the whole concept of open source medical devices and how that can improve access to quality and affordable healthcare. So I do have some contacts of people there. So whenever you're ready, we can sit down and discuss and see which new mentors we can bring on board and new skills that you require for your portfolio. Philippa, this has been uh, wonderful. Thank you for sharing your insights. And we appreciate that you're part of our mentor team. In fact, you're, you're our, our uh, oldest, most experienced mentor in, in Uganda. And we've heard nothing but good things from your mentees and our portfolio companies who are privileged to have you supporting them. So thank you for all you do. It's been an honor to be part of Vilgro. I really admire the company and the efforts that they're putting in to really, you know, nurture and grow this uh, medical device industry. So it is much appreciated. That's it for today's episode on mentoring medical device innovations. To learn more about Vilgro Kenya and our portfolio companies, head over to vilgrokenya.or.ke. Feel free to connect with us on our social media pages at Vilgro Kenya. Thank you for your time and see you in the next episode.